On today's episode, Grandpa gets angry, TC interviews Putin, and the Supreme Court hears arguments. This is next with Lex. Let's get it. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode 20 of Next with Lex. I'm your host, Lex Sleuthor, and I read the news so you don't have to. Today is Friday, February 9th, and Joe Biden's memory is fine. We kick off today with an article, pretty much covered by everybody. I'm on the BBC's website now, but it's been covered by ABC, BBC. It's all over the place. You can't get away from it. It's President Joe Biden hitting back at special counsel Robert Hur, telling the American public in a special report that his memory is limited. Department of Justice Special Counsel Robert Hurd determined Mr. Biden had improperly kept classified documents related to military and foreign policy in Afghanistan after serving as vice president. The scathing 345-page report released earlier yesterday said the president's memory had, quote, significant limitations. This included limitations about remembering when his son passed away. He said he took him a long time to recollect things. It really was not a good look for Joe Biden whatsoever. This comes at the heels of reports that the American public is very concerned about his age moving into his second term. Like I've mentioned in the past, we have Battle of the Grandpas coming out. Biden's 81 years old. So this report comes out. Biden tries to get ahead of it, holds a press conference in the evening yesterday where he tries to defend himself and rebuke some of these things that were said. This is Joe Biden at his press conference yesterday. Their task was to make a decision about whether to move forward with charges in this case. For any extraneous commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. Biden, well aware his age is a top concern Big for concern. voters, Big defending concern. himself. That's, that's you know what your I'm, memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, President? My memory is not gotten. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? The report concludes <laughs> the president happen? should not face charges, saying Biden would Yikes. likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. That is brutal. And he came out and said, yes, I am elderly. And let's have a listen. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. This, these assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. Which is important to note. Like he did. He It wasn't like Trump. Trump is trying to roadblock his investigation every step of the way. And these are very similar things. So we have one guy's like, hey, transparency, if I'm found guilty in the court of law, I'm found guilty. And then the other guy saying, I'm not guilty. Don't even look at it. So two different approaches, obviously, as an Americans for transparency in a government that's supposed to be transparent, we prefer option A. But Biden got fiery and the BBC did a great job with their clip because ABC was just a lot of commentary. And I'm the one giving the commentary, ABC, not you. This is Lexus show. So when Biden's asked about elderly, this is the clip. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Fiery. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. To remind me when he passed away or passed away. One of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. 
I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory? No spry. Can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. As you know... <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't like that reporter. My memory is so bad, I let you speak. I shouldn't have let you speak. <laughs> but then, right after that, He's walking off the stage. He's done with this press conference and a reporter ropes him in. You know, at the end, how all the reporters are just yelling, yelling, yelling to get to the attention. Well, he kept, somebody catches the attention of the president and asks him about the war in Gaza and the hostage release situation. And Grandpa Joe does a 180 and he comes right back to the podium. And you can just probably tell his whole staff is probably like, oh, my God, here we go. So he's just going to he's going off script. And when Grandpa goes off script, usually doesn't end well. Now, what he said meant well, but he mixed up the president of Mexico with the president of Egypt. Minor mix up, but yes, both having a border crisis of its sorts, but, you know, wrong border, Joe. Initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the That's gate. the president of Egypt. Humanitarian. Sisi. To get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. So there's Grandpa Joe for you. So Grandpa Joe's on the defensive. Obviously, this looks good for the Trump campaign. They're going to be all over this. I promise you, you're going to see campaign ads soon with this interview in it. You're going to see those reports. You're definitely going to see that quote that he's an elderly man that's sympathetic and that doesn't have a great memory. You're going to see that plastered all over. This is now going to be the main Trump campaign attack point is going to be his age. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Trump is the same age, right? Yeah, Biden's 81. Trump is 77. There you go. So Biden lashes out. Not a good look for the president yesterday. Let's say let's look at it like two sides of a coin. One, yes, it did look good for the president because he was fiery. He got in front of it. Good for him. I, I always enjoy someone getting in front of something rather than taking the defensive on it. So good for him. Probably shouldn't. Obviously, the hostage crisis in Gaza is a big situation for him. He probably shouldn't have gone there. That just made him look bad. Because again, we're talking about his memory. And then all of a sudden now people are saying, look, he's just said his memory is fine, but he can't remember the difference between Mexico president and Egypt's president. Honest mistake for most human beings. But we all know the far right are not going to let this slide. Now let's talk about let's talk about what's really going on in the news. What everyone's talking about. The hashtag whatever is trending on the hashtag, but I promise you it has something to do with Tucker Carlson's interview of Vladimir Putin. I watched some of it last night. I posted an initial reaction on TikTok and I woke up at 4 a.m. to watch the remaining two hours essentially. <laughs> it was a long interview. It was two hours and I am here to give you the skinny so you don't have to sit through what was two hours that I will never get back. My initial reaction after listening to the Vladimir Putin interview is this. Tucker Carlson did a hell of a job. Love him or hate him. The guy asked some great questions. He asked clarifying questions. You can tell his questions got even more complex as he went through the interview. Gave Putin time to speak, but also pushed back at one point, And I will talk about it. They were talking about Evan Gershevich who's the gentleman from the Wall Street Journal, the journalist who was detained in Russia under charges of espionage, the first such arrest since the Cold War ended. Everyone says it's politically motivated. But Tucker Carlson comes out and says, hey, everybody knows that this is all a political sham. And I'm going to play the clip in a minute, but everyone knows this is a political sham. Just once you release them to me. So it was really nice to see that he asked multiple times about 
all kinds of various things. Why did, why the invasion of Ukraine? That was his number one question. And Putin went on a 30 minute rant about like 13th century history dating all the way up. And he just took the dude just went off on the history. Tucker Carlson acknowledges in the beginning of his interview that this was he felt it was a filibuster tactic. But in the end, it really wasn't because this is what truly Vladimir Putin believes. He believes that the Ukraine is part of Russia. It always is. There's shared common languages. And he believes that NATO really pushed Ukraine to the brink and he had no choice. He believes he had no choice to protect Russian sovereignty to invade the Ukraine. Putin compares the American society to the decline of the Rowan Empire, just saying that it's happening a lot faster because of technology. The dollar is losing its value. We're printing too much money. The United States is wrong to just wrong to pump money in Ukraine. Ukraine's inevitably going to lose anyway. Just let it end. So he has that attitude to it. My initial thoughts on Vladimir Putin was that he wasn't this maniacal man that we're led to believe unless, I mean, he is a politician. So keep that in mind that he's answers are very carefully coordinated and choreographed to where he doesn't sound like a maniac. And we have probably some clips I could find of him sounding so. But in this interview, he sounded like a a guy that it was kind of easy to put yourself in his shoes. Like, hey, we're just doing what's best for our people. You mind your own business. We'll mind ours. It was full of a lot of uncomfortable Tucker Carlson laughs. But at one point, Tucker Carlson asked Putin if he's interested in like reforming the Soviet Union or invading foreign countries. And this is his response. Real politics. Just smart people understand perfectly well that this is a fake. They're trying to fuel the Russian threat. The threat I think you're referring to is a Russian invasion of Poland, Latvia, expansionist behavior. Is, can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland? Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Makes sense. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia or anywhere else. Why would we do that? We simply don't have any interest. It's just threat-mongering. Well, the argument, I know you know this, is that, well, he invaded Ukraine. He has territorial aims across the continent. And you're- Great example of Tucker asking a clarifying question to get the answer out of Putin. You're saying unequivocally you don't. So Tucker just asked him, do you want to invade Poland, for example? And he said, no, no interest in that. So then Tucker says, okay, I'm going to back you in a corner and say unequivocally you won't invade. So he's going to make him restate the same answer. Brilliant journalism. It is absolutely out of the question. You just don't have to be any kind of analyst. It goes against common sense to get involved in some kind of a global war. It sounds normal, right? I mean, the guy sounds normal. He's appealing to just like the normal taxpayer in this interview. He's a smart man. He knows what he's doing. He's not a clown. He's not an idiot. That's for sure. I mean, to rule a country as large as Russia for 20 plus years with an iron fist, you're not a dumb dumb. I mean, this guy used to be like the head of the FSB, right? So he's, this guy knows his shit. So he has that. So he says that at one point, Tucker Carlson asked him about the Nord Stream pipeline. Putin almost comes off at times as charismatic and very likable. I mean, he's a politician, right? This is their job to be very likable. So at one point, he asked about the Nord Stream pipeline, which is a great, has a great answer for it. There are multiple points in the interview where Tucker does a complete like 180 on his questioning. And I don't know if it's because yeah, it's edited, but I don't know if it's in his earpiece. They're saying, all right, like the FSB or the Russian authorities are saying, you got to move on. We're not. I see what you're doing here. Or if it's just Tucker trying to avoid pissing him off and dying and getting arrested for that matter. I mean, obviously arresting Tucker Carlson would not be smart on Putin's behalf, but this is 
one example. He's talking about in Ukraine and essentially Putin compares Ukrainian nationalism to what a lot of people would consider here in the States as the MAGA movement, this hard right nationalist movement. In his eyes, that's what Ukrainian culture was becoming. So he had to squash this, what he called neo-Nazism over there. So it's really interesting. He believes it. He really believes it. When we read it, we're like, what a nut job. But the guy believes it. I mean, obviously I don't. We all know Ukrainians aren't neo-Nazis. Stupid. But just because they were moving away from the Russian culture, getting closer to the West, who knows? This is a great example. Tucker Carlson does a complete 180 and the interaction is very charismatic between the interaction is great. Let's have a listen. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia? Make an agreement? Already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? And realizing this, actually return to common sense, start respecting our country and its interests, and look for certain solutions. It seems to me that this is much smarter and more rational. Who blew up Nord Stream? <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have... Do you have <laughs> uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. <laughs> so that's smart. That's very quick on both of them, right? That's very, very charismatic. Good exchange there. He's put, obviously putting the blowing up of the Nord Stream pipeline, which is a pipeline that runs natural gas from Russia over to Europe, specifically Germany. And the, someone blew it up in the uh, the Black Sea. So you had to be able to get down to the pipeline because it's on the seabed and blow it up. And Putin's essentially saying, look, you got to, who's got the opportunity and the the means? And really, like, it takes, you can, not anybody can just dive down to the bottom of the sea and blow up this pipeline. It takes skill. And this very few people and countries with that capability. And he's pretty much saying the CIA definitely has that capability. Whether we did or not, that would be I, why would you do that? It's crippling one of your best friends' economies in, in Germany. But that's a whole nother, no, whole, whole nother ball game. One part of the interview that I give mad props to Tucker Carlson about, he goes after one of his own, tries to take care of Evan Gervichoff. We talked about this just a little bit earlier in the show. American journalist, worked for the Wall Street Journal. The way it went down, apparently, according to our accounts, is he was uh, meeting people in a city in Russia. He went to a steakhouse at 4 p.m. and never came home. His cell phone stopped tracking a couple hours later or two hours later at the steakhouse. And then the FSB acknowledged it. They had him. They said they caught him red-handed in espionage. There is no evidence for it. But Tucker Carlson comes out. Out right away. I, I appreciate all the time uh, you've given us. I just got to ask you one last question, and that's about someone who's very famous in the United States, probably not here, Evan Gershkovitz, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32, um, and he's been in prison for almost a year. Uh, this is a huge story in the United States, and I just want to ask you directly, without getting into the details of it or your version of what happened, if as a sign of your decency, you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States. Like him or hate him, good for Tucker Carlson. At the end of the day, an American trying to get an American home, face to face with the Russian president, and has the balls, the cojones, to say out of decency. You want to be a decent man, you release this. Putin goes on to say, look, he's caught red-handed, but there's no proof of that. Tucker Carlson calls him out on it. I believe an agreement can be reached. So typically, I mean, this stuff has happened for obviously centuries. One country catches another spy within its borders. It trades it for a, one of its own intel guys in another country. I think what makes <coughs> this, and it's not my business, but what makes this difference is the guy's obviously not a spy. He's a kid. And maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy. And everybody knows that. And he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true. With respect, it's true. And everyone knows it's true. 
So maybe he's in a different category. Maybe it's not fair to ask for you know somebody else in exchange for letting him out. Maybe it degrades Russia to do that. Like, that's a ballsy thing to say. Comes back as, so Putin's like, no, he was caught. No, like, I'm sure we can work something out. But, and then Tucker comes back and says, look, this is a kid. He's not some super spy. We all know this without due respect. And then he calls him a hostage, not a prisoner, a hostage. So he changes the verbiage, right? So he changes it to make it even more aggressive. It makes Putin really tries to back him into a corner to make him look like a bad guy right in his face. That takes balls. Go TC. I will, Lex Sleuthor has gained some respect for TC. I did not like TC when he worked for Fox News. I don't even like the fact that he didn't press Putin a lot. I mean, obviously, to get this interview was huge for him. I mean, that's like me, right? If someone would call me on the phone and say, hey, Lex, you have the opportunity to interview the president of, of Russia, China, South that you name a country, I don't care, Uganda, I would be there in a heartbeat. Why? Because I know I'm going to sell, people are going to, I bet you this is one of the highest rated watch things on the internet this year. It's a big deal because we haven't gotten to hear what Putin directly had to say. We've heard him to talk to his own cabinet and foreign media outlets and things like that. And everything's hearsay that we get, but we haven't heard it from the horse's mouth. Obviously, it's a politician. Obviously, this is a chess match. Ukraine is a pawn in the greater scheme of things in, in the global sphere of influence. Whether we're doing this the right way or the wrong way by funding this, only time will tell. So that's the TC interview. In other news, in the NFL, if you're watching the video, I have the top 10 Cleveland Browns plays of the year because that's America's team up on the screen. And you gotta love it because the Cleveland Browns cleaned house at the awards last night. NFL honors were given at the NFL awards show where Lamar Jackson won MVP. We all knew he was going to win MVP. Lamar Jackson was just stellar this year on the Ravens, but we're really not here to talk about Lamar Jackson or Chris McCaffrey, who won offensive player of the year. We're here to talk about Miles Garrett, who won defensive player of the year for the first time. Let's go. After several years of contending in which he would, he should have won in other years. Garrett finally got over the hump to capture his first NFL Defensive Player of the Year honor. Andrew Barry, Browns GM, was saying, I know the focus is on sack numbers, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. He played at a really high level for us down the stretch, and that he did. Miles Garrett, a man that's continuously, look, here's a play of him right on the screen. Get that sack, baby. Got a safety. Let's go. Beautiful to watch. So Miles Garrett wins NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations, Miles. C.J. Stroud, the rookie Houston Texan, one new rookie of the year. Will Anderson Jr., the defensive end one defensive rookie of the year. So Texans have a bright, bright future. And then Coach of the Year goes to Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have made the postseason just three times since returning to the NFL in 1999, and two of those have come under Stefanski as head coach. He guided the Cleveland through a freaking season to an 11-6 and record. We had injuries to Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, you, you name it, our kickers. <laughs> Everyone was hurt. Denzel Ward was hurt as a point. Our, we lost every one of our linemen for the most part. I say we like I'm on the team. I love the Browns. I'm a big brownie. And then comeback player of the year goes to Joe Flacco, which is the number one play that I'm showing on my screen right now boom joe flacco to amari cooper god what a beautiful play that was so joe flacco wins on comeback player of the year so the browns get three great awards good for them and you gotta love to see it you really do love to see that three brownies getting nfl honors on the highest stage that is awesome go brownies Hope everyone's ready for the Super Bowl this week because the Super Bowl is Sunday, the day where most chips and dip will be eaten by Lex Luthor. I hope everyone has a great Super Bowl. I'm going for the entertainment. I'm going for the company. I'm going for the people. I am a man of the people. I shall go to the people.
people. Today in history, there's really jack shit that's going on in history. There was some election that was decided by the House of Representatives. Really not fun to go over. It's a snooze fest. So I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that there's really nothing exciting happening today in history other than what we just did, which was episode 20 of Next with Lex. That was the history. That's Today in History. Episode 20 was created. Great success. All right, Sleuthites, have any questions? Hit me up on Instagram and TikTok at Lex Luthor. You can also email me at nextwithlexshow at gmail.com. That's nextwithlexshow at gmail. If you wish to opine, your questions could get featured on an episode of Next With Lex. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from so you can get your updates from me, ya boy, Lex Luthor, five days a week. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's Super Bowl time. Have fun, be safe. Catch you on Monday. Dooskies. Oh, that little guy. I wouldn't worry about that little guy.